You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, Around Atlanta edition. Showcasing the best of Metro Atlanta, our communities, the attractions, and the special events that make Atlanta great. Welcome to our virtual town square. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning, and welcome back to the Around Atlanta edition. I'm your host, Carol Morgan, and I'm joined in studio today by my friend and co-host, Todd Schnick. First, I'd like to kick things off by thanking our sponsor, New American Funding, for being our 2021 show sponsor, our 11th year on air. It has been a fantastic year with them as a partner. So, Todd, I am super excited about today's discussion. This is going to be a really fun, deep dive into a whole lot of topics that are of um, a lot of interest right now and get a lot of buzz. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Uh, And uh, the organization they represent is the pride and joy of the city of Atlanta and and, uh, always so important to talk about it and share the mission. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, they're doing fantastic work. Well, we are joined in studio by Cameron Friend. He is the Youth and Millennial Engagement Coordinator at the King Center, and Ferris Watkins, who is the great niece of Martin Luther King Jr. Welcome to the show, Cameron and Ferris. And we'll just good morning. Hey. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited for both of you to be here. I'm sure we're going to learn a bunch of really exciting things and find out. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in our in our questions for Ferris. This is going to be fun. Um, but let's start, Cameron. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it means to be the Youth and Millennial Engagement Coordinator at the King Center. Yeah. So part of, of the function of my role is to how do we continue to help the younger generations, and particularly with the millennial who are young adults uh, and also Generation Z, how do we help them continue to engage with nonviolence, and especially the principal steps of nonviolence, uh, the King Center has a tremendous legacy. Obviously, it was founded by Mrs. Greta Kochning in the year that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And so ever since, we have had pillars built on training and education, and especially for the next generation. And so part of my role is just to make sure that we're continuing to share that legacy with younger people who are looking to help solve areas of challenge throughout the world and, and really to address issues that are pertinent to them where they live across the world, you know, whether they be here in Atlanta, across the United States or uh, in other parts of the hemisphere and, and across the broad, you know, we just want to continue to make sure we're empowering and equipping the next generation with the tools necessary to help them to understand critical issues and help learn how to rethink those issues according to the tenets of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Well, I have to say to be a youth and millennial engagement coordinator period is a cool gig, no matter what organization you represent, to represent the King Center. That's got to be really intriguing to kind of engage that, our youth in his mission and purpose. That's got to be a really, really rewarding gig. Ferris, uh, you know, I've always, Martin Luther King Jr. has achieved this status in our culture and our society, and and he seems to me otherworldly you forget that he's a human being and flesh and blood, you know, I mean, and I'm always intrigued by family of people like that. And what probably sometimes is a burden, but is oftentimes probably very rewarding in and of itself. Talk about being his great niece and, and being a living legacy and, and what it means to be family of someone of that kind of stature. Well, the way that I refer to him is uncle and Mel, everybody in my family, Everybody was called by two initials, the first name initial and then the middle name initial. So you have Uncle Emil, Uncle A.D., right, which was his brother. And then, of course, my grandmother, her first name is Willie, but her uh, my name, when she goes by, is Christine, which happens to be my middle name. 
Um, and so I, I bring that up just to see how important it is. So we didn't know him. I didn't grow up knowing him as like this Martin Luther King Jr. I don't think anybody in my family did. It was more so just a person who had a servant's heart and did really well with that servant's heart. And so that's kind of the model that me and all of my cousins, my big cousins, my first cousin, second cousin, everybody, we were we were raised under that notion never to think of it as something that's like a prestige, but a more of honor and sacrifice um, and servanthood. So that's what it was like <laughs> growing up. It was never, oh, like your uncle is Martin Luther King Jr. That came from other people. Mm. Uh, not necessarily internal, yeah. And that makes so much sense. And that that is his legacy. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's a legacy of a service. It wasn't about being the guy, right? It wasn't right. about who he was. It was about what he could do, which yeah. is, a, is a great lesson for all of us, right? I, well, I would show a picture here uh-huh. of my mother and uh, him where they're in front of uh, the Heritage Sanctuary, of course, where Malgalou Mel Malgalou D, as well as my great-grandfather, uh, they all uh, were, they were co-pastors and my grandfather being uh, the, the senior pastor. And there's a picture of my uncle holding my mom as she like ran down the aisle to like say hello. And that just lets you know, like he was a family man first. Mm-hmm. He cared so much about his family and his, his church. Well, yeah. Cameron, take that a little farther and talk about, you know, his legacy in the King Center. What is the King Center? Give us that big 30,000 foot overview. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but First and foremost, the reason that we have this legacy is because of Mrs. Coretta Scott King. The year that he was assassinated, um, she built the King Center. She got it started. She created it. Um, so she birthed it. You can find in her books that she uh, would dub this as her, her fifth child, essentially, because that's how important it was to her. We actually founded the building in 1981. And then until the day that she passed, Mrs. Coretta Scott King oversaw the King Center because she knew that the world needed to hear from Dr. King. We are the only living memorial, international living memorial to the life and legacy of both Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Mrs. Coretta Scott King. So literally on our campus, um, as Ferris is very familiar with, even more so than myself, you can find the crypts where both Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Mrs. Coretta Scott King lay. And so we have a, a tremendous honor. It is a tremendous privilege, obviously, to continue to carry that legacy, but it's also a tremendous responsibility. We, again, are committed to training and education. And so no matter what the issue is, no matter where in the world, we believe that the solution to these ails that are permeating our culture as we're trying to move forward to become the beloved community is through the vehicle of nonviolence. And that's, again, that's a part of what we do. That's a part of why Ferris and I are even doing the Rethink podcast is that we want to help people get the tools that are available to them. But sometimes you just need to have conversations in ways that are relevant, especially steeped into the culture that we live in now. So the King Center is more pertinent, more needed, and more necessary than it's ever been because our world, again, is just as divided in many ways as it's ever been. So people are always trying to find ways, and especially young people, to resolve issues. And so we wanted to carry that through. Uh, you know, if you read the letter to Birmingham Jail, um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. especially mentions young people as why they are so important in the fight for justice, for equity. And so that's the position in the King Center. And Mrs. Credit Scott King... She was a titan in her own right. Uh, she is one of the greatest leaders that really we've ever had. And once again, we wouldn't have the legacy of King. You know, that wouldn't be there had she not literally given her life to ensure that that legacy continued. And obviously that extends through people like Ferris, who is an amazing leader in her own right. And that's, if anything, I would say about the family as I've met them, you know, whether it be Dexter, whether it be Martin Luther King Jr. III, whether it be our current CEO, Dr. Bernice A. King, whether it be Ferris, 
They are all powerful leaders in their own right. You can tell that there are legacies and there are bloodlines that are meant for leadership. And, and that is one of them. And they all exude that leadership in some way, shape or form. So it's a privilege for me. Uh, it's an honor for me to be, be in here in, in, in the first place. So I'm just uh, excited to be a small part uh, of how we are all continuing to move it forward. Yeah, well, it's powerful that Coretta Scott King determined in 1968 that the world would need to continue to hear from him. And we can all vouch that in 2021, <laughs> we still need to hear from him. And, and uh, you said a key word there that we need to have these conversations because we're not having conversations today. We're just shouting at each other and, there, and there's no dialogue. There's no an attempt to seek to understand, it feels like to me. And so we really need him <laughs> and his message today. Ferris, you know, I said earlier that Martin Luther King has this iconic status in, in a lot of people's minds, and he has a, a holiday named after him. And, and so that all means something. That day means something different to everybody. I'm really intrigued what that day means for you. Tell us about that. I was just thinking, as Cameron was mentioning, you know, my uncle Emel and my uncle Red are both buried on the site. And then I thought about the other sites that I have been, been to, such as Elvis Presley's home, as well as Bob Marley and how they're buried at their living memorials. And when you step into those places, it kind of makes it that much more real to say like, wow, these people, they really stood for something. And unfortunately, they lost their lives to something that they truly believed in. And I feel like when you walk on the steps of the King Center, when you walk up to the crypt, you're able to see that so real. I mean, uh, the quote, I believe, on on Uncaretta's uh, talks about love and how the greatest of these things is love. And, and that permeates throughout the entire King Center. The King Center was built on just that fact, on just love. It was a labor of love to get back up less than a year later <laughs> to build the King Center, to make sure that her husband's legacy was something that she really bought into, something that she really wanted to promote for everyone. And so as it has grown from the 60s until now, it's really an amazing thing. I mean, I'm only 24 years old, um, but just in my 24 years, I've, I've attended the uh, commemorative service every single year since I was born. In fact, there are pictures of my mom. They thought that I was born on the 22nd of January. Um, and that's normally the week of uh, Uncle Mel's birthday being on the 15th, right? So my parents, they were kind of my grandmother. She was, uh, of course, the um, the host for a long, a long time. And everybody was nervous. Like, is, is Angela going to go into labor at, at the uh, commemorative service? Um, but every year since then, my mother pushed through and everybody was on guard just in case that I was supposed to come on that day. But I came about, what, seven days later. But just to think about that and think about the the rallying, even though we're looking at all these things and all these dignitaries that come, it's an amazing embodiment of the legacy that he left behind. And so, like I said, as, as it has grown, we my cousin Bernice has done a great job in, in implementing so many activities and so many uh, resources for people to really tap into and get connected in any way that they see possible. And, and one of the most important of those things and uh, one thing that I truly, truly believe in are the six principles and the six steps of kinky and nonviolence, which I believe now the name is uh, Nonviolence 360, because it is not just something that you practice in conflict, right? It doesn't have to be something that you practice, right? When you're dealing with global issues. No, it can be an internal conflict that you have within mm -hmm. yourself. It can be a conflict that you have with one of your coworkers and just following those steps. And I have, I have practiced this in my own life. I have done the training and I've gone through the training twice. And the reason I went through it twice is because I believe in it so much. And I wanted a refresher, a refresher to, to understand that. So it's an amazing thing. And I, and I pray that more people really tap into it 
and see it for what it is. I do remember one quick story. The King Center brought a former Ku Klux Klan member during the week of King Week. And it was after the day of parades and services and things like that. And it was just this roundtable discussion that we were able to listen to of this guy who knew that racism was in his blood. It was something that he understood was a, a way of life for him. But it wasn't until he really understood the plight of Black folks. It wasn't until he understood why we think the way we think, why we went about the things that we did, the traditions, the culture, that he was truly to understand, hey, these people are really just like me. And that, that way he was able to give up his gown. He was able to give up his hood, all because of the nonviolence 360. So uh, 365. So I really do appreciate everything that my uncle Im- implemented. And it is truly uh, changing the lives of so many. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's back up and talk a little bit about the 2022 King Holiday Observance. It looks like there's a lot going on. Cameron, do you want to talk a little bit about what all the King Center's offering that week and really, you know, during the month? Well, there's a lot, obviously. We have the commemorative service that's going to be happening on (laughs) Monday. So obviously that's going to be one of the marquee events. We have a youth summit that's going to be happening on that Saturday on January 15th. We're going to be debuting a brand new book um, that's been authored by Bernice King herself, uh, as well as Dr. Johnson. And so we have a ton of events that are going to be happening, a lot of different opportunities for training. So one of the things I would say is that is people are interested in being trained and they say like, look, you know, I want to know about nonviolence. I've heard about it for years. What exactly do the six principles and six steps have to say about my life? And when it comes to internal violence, whether it be external violence, you know, I just want to learn more about it. We'll have some opportunities for you to do that. So you can just visit our website at thekingcenter.org. You can sign up for a lot of these trainings and you can have an opportunity to really continue to do a deep dive into what exactly it is. What is the DNA of the King Center and how you can better understand it for yourself? And if you want to be a part of more events during the King holidays, you can also check out thekingcenter.org. And we have a list and a host of things. So honestly, it just depends on who you are and what you want to do and and what you want to learn. You know, I think that's one of the best things that we do. And we're trying to offer a multitude of ways for people to get plugged in to who King was, but also the work and the legacy that he left for us to continue to be a part of. New American Funding is committed to delivering home loans on time while providing five-star service. Their 14 Business Day Close Guarantee and fully underwritten pre-approval gives you an unbeatable one-two punch impossible for sellers to ignore. For more information on New American Funding, call 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. Yeah, well, as Ferris said, it's King Week. It's not it's not mm-hmm. King Day. I'll be honest with you. Part of the frustration I have when there's a, a, a celebratory day that's assigned to a, a figure such as Martin Luther King is I don't want people to think, well, the other 364 days of the year, I'm not going to think about him, you know, and because and, clearly what you guys work towards and represent in the programming that you put together is is a year round lifelong concentration and focus on on a, a different approach to being a human and mm-hmm. how you interact with your community. Paris, you mentioned the Nonviolence 365. Uh, uh, it's a whole comprehensive education and training. And I guess I would love to, Cameron, you said something key a second ago, that which has prompted this question about the Nonviolence 365, is that we all have internal conflict too, internal violence, I think you actually said. 
And as I mentioned earlier, we're all shouting at each other. We're not having conversations and we're confrontational. Mm-hmm. You know, just, walk, just scroll through Twitter for a little while. <laughs> you see how confrontational we are. And, and that's not a productive way to advance a cause or, or a movement. So, Ferris, talk more about this uh, Nonviolence 365, this whole idea, that, because it's not just, we're not just talking about physical violence uh, at right. a protest. The lessons learned here are applicable to our own internal selves, to any kind of conflict, even when you're arguing with your family members about seemingly uh, unessential stuff. But it's, we need to learn how to be non-confrontational. Yes, yes. Well, I definitely remember when I went through the first training, my very first training uh, with uh, King and Nonviolence, and it was actually taught by my cousin and my mentor. And it was a camp, I think it was what called the Now Camp Now or Now Camp, something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I met some of my very best friends there uh, still to this day. But I'm going to be honest, like I did not buy into it at first. I went in because, you know, I was forced to and my cousin was like, hey, you know, I'm volunteering at the King Center this year. Like, you should come on to this camp. Like, you'll be with me. Mind, mind you, this is my my closest cousin, you know? <laughs> so I was like, okay, I mean, yeah, I'll be with you. Then she's like, all right, I'll be at your house tomorrow to pick you up at 7. 7? This is summer break. <laughs> we're not we're not doing this. But it, I think it was either a week or two weeks. And every day we went and it was time to dive into the training. I was like, all right, here we go. Like, I've heard them preach this to me, you know, my entire life. And I was, I was, I think I was 15 at the time. Hadn't really done, you know, the research that I've done now. And I'm surrounded by this culture of, of music and movies. And there was a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff going on that didn't necessarily draw my attention to being nonviolent. It wasn't until I actually went through the training that it started to open up my mind and it started for me to see things in, other, in another way. I always say this quote, Cameron always has to get me. We're all tied up in a... A single garment of destiny. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. Single mm-hmm. garment of destiny. And that that fact really drove home to me because I was like, you know, if I start acting in a different way, how will that change the people around me? How will that affect mm-hmm. my environment? How will it affect the rest of my life? And the steps provide that fact for you, right? It teaches you at the core of anything that you do should be loving your neighbor first. Nothing else is more important than than wanting to love somebody and loving them simply because God told us to, simply because he sacrificed his son for us, right? And if he did that for us and he continues to give us grace over and over and over again, why can't you extend that same grace to somebody else, right? So that was the open, the first opening of my mind. Then we went through like a simulation where we had to essentially apply the steps and the principles um, ourselves. And I think we were given some mock little conflict or whatever, and we had to tangibly use every single step in order to resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. You don't think that it'll work at first. You don't. You're sitting there and you're like, all right, like this is just a simulation, like whatever. I mean, the outcome is whatever it is. But as you start to do that and you see different ways and how people's minds start to change and how people's opinions start to change, it is really a powerful, powerful thing. And then you get a deep dive into uh, how he came to this fact, how it was able to change lives, how it was able to change policies, laws, whole nations, and not just America. So yeah, it is a very powerful thing. And so I urge anybody, if you would even just take an hour just to learn, just to see what it is, go on the website, like uh, Cameron said, gangcenter.org, and just look at it, read it, just take a few minutes of your time. I promise you, it will not take anything away from you. It will only add to you if you just take a minute to do it. I feel that there are so many people in the world who want change, but they don't necessarily know how to achieve it. 
And these steps right here will achieve anything. Literally, it'll achieve anything that you want want to see happen um, as long as your intentions are pure. Yeah, and and I think to add to that, you all, one of the things that Dr. King said um, in, in regards to how we do this and why it's important, uh, he said that you cannot be all that you can be unless I can be all that I can be. And the whole point of it is, is that even again, when we're thinking about confrontation, confrontation is natural. You're going to have confrontation. Yeah. It's how you yeah. resolve confrontation that becomes the issue. Because that determines whether something is violent or nonviolent. And so uh, just even understanding that you will have issues in the beloved community. You will have conflict in the beloved community. Yeah. But how you go about resolving it has to be centered on the fact that what's best for the other person is what's best for me. Instead mm -hmm. of thinking that what's best for that other person means it's a loss for me. And so this is a part of reorienting how you see violence, how you see conflict, and how you see what it means to win ultimately in the end. Yeah. You know, um, we can all be winners, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's something that uh, I think it's hard. We're all very, very competitive, right? And, you know, we kind of see it as if I, I win, they lose. Well, there are certain sports and certain things in life that, you know, everyone can win. You can all support and rally each other, yeah. help everybody be the best they can be. Yeah. And, and I hate to cut you off. The first step of Kenyan nonviolence is information gathering. And nine times out of 10, if you do your information gathering, most conflicts will be halted. <laughs> mm. That's so true. So much yeah. of it's just communications, yeah. right? You know, right. communicating exactly. well, having the right information, understanding what the situation really is. Oh, I mean, you said conversations, having a conversation, you know, and yeah. just seeking to understand. You don't have to necessarily agree. Right. Exactly. But just understand where they're coming from, you know, and, and right. if you just do that and say, yeah, well, I, can't, I don't, that's not how I would do it, but I, I get why you do. And so, you know, mm -hmm. let's move on with our lives. You know I mean? Yeah. It seems yeah. so simple, you know, and I guess conceptually <laughs> it is, you know, and, and uh, right. just, you're right, Cameron. I mean, we're going to have conflict and, and conflict can be a good thing and healthy competition in sports can be a good thing. And it's part of how you learn. It's how you grow. It's how mm -hmm. you resolve it. That's that. That was a that's a key thing that you said. Uh, Absolutely. That's the so if you you're never going to get rid of fear, it, right. it's how you it's how you move forward from that place of fear that that's the difference. And you're never going to eliminate conflict. That's foolish. Mm -hmm. It's how you deal. Yeah, it's brilliant stuff. This has been a yeah, great wow. conversation. Great conversation. <laughs> well, and you know, Ferris, you've mentioned love several times, and I want to dive into the Be Love event and how that's growing. But I can't help but thinking that that grows out of you know Coretta Scott King. And I did I pulled up her tombstone, and you know, mm -hmm. and it's got First Corinthians yeah. thirteen thirteen on it, mm -hmm. and now abide faith, hope, love. Yeah, these right. three, but the greatest of these is love. So talk about the Be Love event and how that's growing and how that, you know, encapsulates all of this. Yeah, yeah. So I believe Be Love is, Cameron, help me out. It's on December 13th. Yeah. So Be Love is it definitely, we have an event. But Be Love is, is I guess, more so from a language standpoint, it is a, a movement of, of how you interact with the world. Right. So Be Love's been going on all year. It's just, you right. know, we're having appointed events to talk about it specifically. Yeah, it's an all-encompassing um, mm -hmm. mission to promote uh, my my great uncle's mission um, and the mission that my uncle had so so heavily believed in and wanted mm -hmm. to keep going. But specifically, I think the nonviolent training is on the 13th, 14th, and 15th. Fact check me on uh, kingcenter.org. King yeah, so I'll have to yeah I'll have to go and look at it because um, that's not necessarily my area that I'm over, but I can go back and make sure that we can have all the dates and everything for you. Are all of those, um, or is, is all the nonviolent training, is it all mm -hmm. in person or is any of that online or? So it's multiple? online. 
It's online. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it really mm-hmm. is something that anyone anywhere can participate in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can That's participate. Excellent. It's all online and then you can okay. just sign up. And your information mm-hmm. good. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Excellent. And before we go, did I hear you guys also have a podcast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, I wanted to that. ask about that too. Yeah. It's called the Rethink Podcast, where Ferris and I are the co-hosts of the Rethink Podcast. And what it is, it is a podcast, especially for millennials and Gen Z that are trying to understand how do I think about the issues that are plaguing my world? How do I think about myself and, and what are some tools that I need? So, you know, from nonviolence, obviously, is at the core of what we do, but we also talk with money. We talk sports, we talk racism, yeah. civility, all that, you know, so it's really a wide spectrum where we've had a conversation with a host of different people from a host of subjects. Uh, it is sponsored uh, by Major League Baseball Players Trust. Um, yeah. So we have a, a great relationship with them and they've been very good to us as well. And so really, we're just trying to continue not just to promote conversation, but also then to promote change and actionables. So we have some really, really great guests that we've had on and had an opportunity to talk to a lot of different people, about a lot of different things. So, you know, if you're looking for not just the tools of nonviolence, but to have some fun conversations and to hear, you know, how smart Ferris is and all that other stuff, then you get an <laughs> opportunity to do that. It's really been a great, great experience. Cameron is the brains, okay? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just there. Carol, uh, my brains this. too. I get it. I understand. <laughs> All right. Well, gosh, we could talk for hours about everything you guys stand for and, and Martin Luther King and what he stood for and, and uh, all the programming and uh, education that you guys make available. And, and, and kudos to you on the podcast too. It's just another way to extend that conversation that we've been talking about. So well, it's always a pleasure to have the King Center represented on this show and, and grateful to play a small part in helping push the message uh, of what you guys stand for. So grateful for you to have made some time and join us this morning and, and commend you on all of your very important, very needed work today. Cameron, I'll ask you to do this before we go. Just one last time, everything we've talked about, all the events, everything about King Week, all the education and training that you do, where can people go to get information on all of that? So you can go to thekingcenter.org and then you can go straight to our website, go to the events tab, and then you can find everything that you need, including obviously what's coming up is the with the beloved community, with the King Center, uh, reckoning with the truth and of our past to courageously create our future, December 7th, December 8th, December 9th. You can sign up for all this online. And again, we have more great events and more upcoming events, especially for King holidays. Yeah. Go to thekingcenter.org. And that's how you can find all the information necessary. You can also follow us on social media. You can go to our Twitter. You can follow Dr. Bernice King. You can share all the information there. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way you can get all the information. If you need anything with the King Center, you can go to Dr. King, with Dr. Bernice King, and you can go to the King Center at any social media site and you can find it. Yeah. Uh, Standing. All right, Cameron Friend, the Youth and Millennial Engagement Coordinator in Ferris Watkins, great niece of Martin Luther King. Guys, again, it was great to have you. Thanks so much for all your important work uh, and uh, for carving out a few minutes to join us. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's been Thank great. You. All right. <laughs> well, that wraps this week's Around Atlanta edition. Actually, this is pretty much a global edition, if I, if I <laughs> yeah. must say so. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan. I am Todd Schnick. That's all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and we'll look forward to seeing you again right here next week. We'll see you there. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. 
Denim marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.